Father, I thank you this morning for who you are. You're the God of everything, Father. You are the God Almighty. You sent your son to die in our place. And we are so unworthy, and yet you still love us, and yet you pursued us, and yet you made us your own, and you've called us children, and you've seated us with you. I pray this morning as we dive into your word, Lord, that we won't be distracted by the cares of this world, but that we'll focus on the divine inspired word of God. All scripture is breathed out by you, Lord. I pray this morning that we'll dive into this word and that it'll profit us in a supernatural way. Let us surrender all the cares of the world, all the guilt, all the all the anxiety that we've had maybe over the weekend and coming into today. I pray that we'll just leave that at your feet that will give that to you right now. All we have is this moment. All we have is today. Tomorrow's not promised. There's nothing we could do about yesterday. I pray that our hearts will be prepared to hear your word. Let us love one another well. Thank you for the children in this room. It is a gift to have them with us. And I pray that our hearts will never change on that, that we'll always see them for what they are, which is precious gifts from you. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. For those of you who don't know, I'm David, David Dever. I'm one of the leaders here at Salt and Light Church. I'm excited this morning. It's the first day of 2022. It's going to be so weird getting used to that date. And God is so funny because so many times when we're diving through the word, we happen to go through text, usually exegetically, which means fancy word for essentially verse by verse. And so many times it seems like our catechism just lines up with something that we're going through as a church or what we're going through in scripture just lines up for where we're at as a church. And so as I was preparing the sermon this week, I was super excited because Paul's just talking about pressing on, about being focused on what's ahead. And I'm sure that all of us have probably set some New Year's resolutions or are coming into this new year with some type of ambition. There's something that we looked back on 2021 and we said, maybe this didn't happen, but in 2022, this is my goal. This is what I'm aspiring for. This is my resolution, maybe. Those resolutions might be fitness or health related. They might be financial. They might be professional development or education. Maybe just some habits. But normally we set these goals ahead of us because We know there's something somewhere we can improve on. There's room for improvement. And Paul's going to pick that up today in our our text. And one of the first things he's going to talk about is how he's not perfect. I'm going to jump in on verse 12 and read it all the way through to 16, and then we'll kind of go through it. Verse 12, it says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, But I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul says, not that I've already obtained this, 
And what he's speaking of is what Josh preached on and touched on last week, kind of verses 7 through 11 in our text, where he says he's counted all as lost for Christ. Josh told us last week that Paul was like, no one has more confidence in the flesh than I do. I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. No one has reason to boast in the flesh like I do, but I count it all as rubbish for the sake of Christ, that he might gain Christ and might attain the resurrection from the dead. That's what Paul's talking about here when he says, I haven't already obtained this. I'm not perfect. And that should give us a lot of joy. That should give us a lot of inspiration because Paul, the apostle who we hold in high esteem, starts off here telling us, I'm not perfect. First thing I would write down today is that we in this room aren't perfect. Paul wasn't perfect, but Christ is perfect. Paul doesn't just admit that he isn't perfect and leave it there, but he says, I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. We are owned by Jesus and we're secured in him. This should give us assurance. Remember at the beginning of Philippians where Paul tells them that the good work that God has started in you, he's going to bring to completion. You have assurance for what Christ is doing in you. Because it's Christ, it's God who initiated that work in you. It's Christ, it's God who put his spirit within you. And now that spirit is within you and Paul is saying, I am focused on what lies ahead. We press on. We are owned by Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so as we're making these New Year's resolutions, or maybe we have these ambitious goals for 2022, or we're pushing on in our careers, all of which are good things or can be good things, we must remember that what we are called to above all else is Christ. For he owns us. He has made us his own. He has secured us in him. Christ is the one that brought us from death to life to run this race that is set before us. Christ is the one that placed his spirit within us. He's the one that put this church together to run together arm in arm with each other and with him. We're pressing on. We're pressing towards Christ. This is why faith without works is dead. And works apart from faith are worthless. Because it must be Christ that begun the good work in you. And it must be him that sustains you. Or you will never reach the prize of eternity with him. It's all about Jesus. And that's why he says, I press on to make it my own. That's my ambition. That's my goal is Christ. Paul's been telling us all throughout Philippians about this joy that he has and how he rejoices. And he's been encouraging the church at Philippians to keep going. Keep walking out your sanctification. Abound more and more in love. And then last week or two weeks ago, he talks about Timothy and Epaphroditus, these great men that are examples in the faith. And here he picks it up again with encouraging us to don't lose sight of the prize. Don't lose sight of the prize. Why do we call ourselves Christians? Because we've been saved by Jesus. He's made us his own. We are owned by Jesus. Jesus loves us. Why does God love us? Because we're his. All the confidence and accolades that I could try to brag about myself don't matter in this finite world and are complete rubbish when compared to the worth of knowing Christ. 
That was Josh's message for us last week. We must know that we are owned by Jesus. We aren't perfect. We're owned by Christ. So now what? Verse 13. Paul says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straightening forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul gives us some clear direction when it comes to living out our sanctification journey. That in order for us to walk out this sanctification journey, in order for us to say, okay, I'm not perfect, but I strain forward to Christ, what must we do? Two things. Must forget what lies behind. We must strain forward for what lies ahead. God has saved us from so much. From so much. And it's so easy. I did it this week. I had some days off. And in those days off, I didn't get accomplished near what I expected to do. I had these high lofty goals for all this stuff I was going to get done with the family and around the house. And I find myself at the end of my little bit of break and I was, I was depressed from it. I had anxiety from it of, oh, I wanted to do all these things and I didn't obtain it. And we can do that in our Christian journeys. Oh, I've been struggling with this sin. Why do I still have this sin in my life? Why am I still held captive by the sin that I've been trying so hard to shake? Why am I looking at things on the computer screen that I know I shouldn't be looking at? Why am I doing this, this other sin that I shouldn't be doing? Whatever your sin is, whatever your vice is in this room, it's so easy to get crippled by that sin and allow it to hold us back. But Paul's saying here, I forget what lies behind. I can't look at what lies behind when it comes to my accolades or who I am. I can't have any confidence in the flesh. I can't look at what lies behind when God has freed me from things. I can't run back to the sin that God delivered me from. And the sin that I'm currently struggling with, I can't let that hold me captive because I'm owned by Christ. And I'm going to pursue Christ because his spirit dwells in me. We can't afford to look back. This idea of forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what's next is like a runner running a race. If you watch runners run a sprint, you don't see them with their heads turn around, seeing who's coming up next. They are focused on what's ahead. And that's us in this room. Someone came to God. Jesus said, follow me. This is in Luke chapter 9. Jesus, the man said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Sounds like a pretty reasonable request. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. There's a lot of nuance to that parable with Christ or that, that conversation with Christ. But one of the things we have to have when it comes to our mindset of Christ is that Christ began this work in me and it is eternity with him. That's where I'm headed. I can't go back to life without Christ. I can't long for the days of old. 
There are sins that held us captive that Christ has freed us from that we can look back at with a little bit too much esteem. We can look back at that sinful lifestyle and only look at the the fun parts of it and not the dangerous, damning, destructive pieces of it. Paul's saying, I forget what lies behind. Who am I in this world? It doesn't matter because I'm Christ. I'm no better than the guy sitting next to me. I'm no better better than the guy that's, that's... that's across the street from me, than the guy that I work with, than my, than my neighbors, than my family members. I am Christ's. So I forget what lies behind. And this means that we must have grace with one another and mercy on ourselves. We must. These words are hard. The mission is impossible apart from Christ. Jesus says we're to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect, and yet Paul who apart from Christ is probably the most highly regarded man of God that we see, says, I'm not perfect. But I don't stop there. I press on. So we're going to press on. Regardless of what 2020 or 2021 looked like, regardless of how I woke up this morning, regardless of the conversations that I had yesterday, wherever the guilt and the shame is, we surrender it to Christ in repentance And we're restored and reconciled to him, and we press on. We forget what lies behind. We cannot allow our shortcomings or our sins from yesterday to bring about shame and guilt that drag us down today. That was yesterday. We're going to leave it behind. And how do we put it behind us? By repentance. Repentance is a gift. We've talked about this before. It's God's goodness. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so we run to God and we reconcile with him. And we don't have to run to God in shame. He already knows us better than we know ourselves. He already knows what we've done better than we know what we've done. And so we run to him with all joy. We approach the throne of grace with boldness and we say, God, I'm going to forget what lies behind. I'm going to surrender all my sins to you. You take them. You can have them. I can't do anything with them. I'm living for you. Sometimes it's easier to do that for ourselves and completely forget that we need to do that for each other. We need to have grace with one another. And having grace with one another means forgetting what lies behind when it comes to each other's walks in Christ. I was reminded this week of a passage of scripture that's not even, I'm going to read from the CSB, which is not even a version I read from recently. But this verse kept popping up in my head as God was convicting me on some personal sins that I was walking through in the last week. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7. This is chapter 13 in Corinthians. It's all about love. 4 through 7 reads, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. This is in the CSB. Is not boastful. Is not arrogant. Is not rude. Is not self-seeking. Is not irritable. And pay attention to this. This is love. And does not keep a record of wrongs. That's how we should be defined as brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 6 says, Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. 
It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This week, I found myself holding a grudge against someone or a group of people. In my mind, being upset with maybe the way that they had treated me or with things that had happened in the past. And I was working through that in my heart and being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit's saying, love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah, but that person hurt me. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It's patient. It's kind. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. God's like, I've forgiven you. You must forgive them. Jesus tells that to Peter. And Peter's like, all right, God, but how many times do I have to forgive my brother or sister? Seven times? Seems like a lot. Jesus said, Peter, try 70 times seven. Try, you're going to keep forgiving them because I'm going to keep forgiving you. Because the same good work that I've started in you, I've started in them. And the same way that you're going to forget what lies behind, they're going to forget what lies behind. And remember that we're not running this race by ourselves, but by God's grace, we're running it together, arm in arm. Each of us in this room, brothers and sisters in Christ, focused on the goal, filled with the Spirit of God, longing for the day that we're made perfect in Christ. There's no room for us to keep records of wrongs with one another or harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. So I'm going to forget what lies behind. I'm going to forget about this morning. I'm going to surrender that to Christ in repentance. He's going to restore me. And I'm going to walk arm in arm with my brother and sister in Christ. That is our call for 2022. Keep your list of any resolutions for this year. Circle the entire list and write through Christ next to it. Because that's what we're going to do. Every single thing that we're going to do is going to be through Christ, with the proper perspective, with an eternal focus. Paul says here in an upward calling, upward calling, we're being drawn away from this world. We have a kingdom mindset. And it's so easy with the thoughts of my heart, maybe not my words, but in my thoughts, to say, God, I love you. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for your grace. It's grace for me. But it's justice and it's perfection for everyone else. That's not love. And it's certainly not Christ. But the author of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 14 through 18, he writes, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying... This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Man, if God doesn't remember my brothers and sisters' sins that have been forgiven, then who am I to keep a record of wrongs and feel some sort of way against them? This is why true love keeps no record of wrongs. God says, I've forgotten their sins. It's time you do too. I know who you used to be, but I brought you from death into life. And it's time to forget what lies behind and strain forward to the goal that's ahead. We are running this race together, church. David Dever wants to be more and more like Christ every single day, and that is God's desire for me. That is God's desire for Paul. That is God's desire for each of you. And one of the best 
most beautiful things that God has given us is the church. And that's why we will run this race arm in arm with one another. We're not going to finish the race. We're not going to get very far in this race if we're too busy tripping each other, if we're too busy pulling back on one another, if we're too busy stopping what we're doing, turning around and yelling at one another and elbowing each other. No, we're going to forget what lies behind. We're going to lock arm in arm and we're running towards Christ. We've been called to be salt and light. How evangelistic can we be if we're frustrated with one another? So we're going to forgive 70 times 7. And we're going to have grace on ourselves. I fall short every day. I have sinful thoughts every day. And what the world tells me and what Satan tells me is that I'm inadequate, that I'm not truly a Christian, that I should doubt my faith, and that I should run back into the world because I'm no better than they are. But what Christ tells me is you were no better than they are, but you are now mine. I have made you my own. I own you now. But God, how am I going to do it? Here's my spirit. Let me put that within you. God, I want to be more like you. Run towards me. I'm within you, and I'm with you. And then we go and we spread that news to everyone we know because that is the gospel. We strain forward for what's ahead. We've talked about leaving behind, but what is ahead? I would write down that we forget what lies behind. And we strain forward for what's ahead. What is ahead? Glorification. We talked about some of the fancy words that end in Asian. Glorification is God giving us the perfect mind of Christ. Paul talks about this is what he hasn't obtained yet. This is what he longs for. The resurrection from the dead, which means eternity with Christ. To be with Christ is our reward. Eternal life is a byproduct of being with the, with the perfect, eternal God who calls me his own and has made me his own. If you prayed a little prayer with someone one time because of your desire to get to heaven and not go to hell, and then since that day have disregarded walking for Christ, you need to go and have a conversation with God because it's all about him. And we press on every single day. Maybe repentance needs to take place. It's okay. That's good. We should repent every day. But we're going to run to God. Paul doesn't just say, I forget what lies behind. And I simply float towards what's ahead. Paul says, I strain forward. I strain forward. I put in effort. We have to strain forward every single day. And you guys would say, yeah, David, but we aren't saved by our works. We aren't the ones bringing it about. No, but faith without works is dead. And because God has put his spirit within us, we can listen to the drawl of the spirit. We can surrender to that urge of Christ. When we get convicted, we can surrender that sin in joy. This is what brings us joy. This is what got Paul so excited when he wrote to the Philippians. And he said, you guys are doing it, but keep going. Don't stop. Strain forward. If you try to get in an inner tube and float down a river, you might go somewhere, 
but you're not going to have a lot of control on where you end up. But if you get in a boat with a group of others and you agree in unison to row in a certain direction, you're going to get where you need to go. And we're going to wake up every morning and we're going to strain for Christ. I'm going to repent where I fall short. I'm going to show grace to my fellow Christians. I'm going to love God with all I have. I'm going to love others because Christ loves me. Christ has made me his own. God is love and now he dwells in me. So I'm going to abound more and more in love. That's what straining is. It's waking up and saying, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose forgiveness. I'm going to choose not to keep records of wrongs, including those that are close to me, including those who aren't Christians. Maybe your family members. You're not going to keep records of wrongs. You're going to forgive them 70 times 7. You're going to show them what it looks like to be Christ. We're going to show a love that makes no worldly sense. The gospel is foolishness to the non-believer. Because it doesn't make sense. Christ's like, it makes sense to me. Because I authored it. I wrote it. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. So we're going to strain forward. We are active participants. God didn't want robots. He wants us to be active in this walk, in this journey of sanctification. It's so hard sometimes. But I feel like the more and more we grow in Christ, the more and more mature we come, which is the next thing that Paul's going to talk about here as we close out, the more we realize how much we need God. I was talking with someone this week that I love. And I said, man, I used to think that I would get to a point in my walk where I just wouldn't sin very much. That I would work and I would work and I would work and I would surrender those things and I would be sanctified. And I would be able to walk in this earth with the joy of having a sin-free life. But the more and the more I grow in Christ and the closer I get to him and the more I read his word and the more I spend time in prayer and the more that he does sanctify me and he peels off those bondages of sin, the more I realize just how much more baggage I have, just how different and nuanced those sins are. And so becoming more and more and more like Christ and walking out the sanctification is not about just sinning less. It's about surrendering more. That's why we strain forward as active participants. We press on, as Paul would say. So in 2022, Salt and Light Church, we're going to press on. We're going to strain forward for what lies ahead. We're going to forget what lies behind. We're going to have grace with one another. We're going to lock arm in arm. We're going to say every single day, I'm going to choose Christ. I'm going to choose joy. I'm not going to just float down the river. Josh Shortridge one time in a sermon said, a dead fish will float downstream. We aren't dead fish, church. We are sons and daughters of God. And it's all about him. It's all about him. Paul says in verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we've attained. Paul tells us that the more we mature in Christ, the more we realize we must press on, that we fall short. 
Because Christ has made me his own, we press on. This is what it means to think maturely in Christ. We realize we aren't perfect like Paul did, who was very mature in Christ, and we pressed on. We forget what lies behind, and we strain forward for what's ahead. We press on, all because of Christ. That is our goal. That is our prize, Christ. Heaven is not our goal. Hear me. Heaven is not our goal. Spending eternity with Christ, receiving the mind of Christ, being in the presence of God is our goal. All to his glory. Everything to the glory of God. That is the goal. That is our prize. That is why we strain forward. It's not just God's gifts. We don't just worship the creation. We are worship the creator. And one day, we will receive the mind of Christ. And one day, we won't have to say, I'm no longer perfect. Because we will have been glorified, hand in hand, arm in arm, step in step with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in closing. Verse 7. Almost verse 6. It says, Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. I'm going to read that one more time. In verse 7. Paul writes, We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. He says, this is the wisdom that's imparted to the mature. And that, we have this supernatural wisdom put inside of us. The gospel is foolishness to the non-believer. But those of us who Christ has called his own, we press on. Christians before us, we stand on the shoulders of giants, were willing to be killed, martyred, murdered, tortured. They did not care. You could not take their focus off Christ. So let us not have our focus taken from Christ when it comes to bickering among each other, when it comes to being jealous, when it comes to the cares of the world. No car is going to compare with the beauty and the glory and the majesty that comes with eternity with Christ. No house, no job, no Netflix series, no restaurant, no experience, no type of sexual experience is ever going to come close to the glory and the beauty that comes from eternity with Christ. That's what we focus towards. So in 2022, we press on. We're going to be mature and see Christ ahead. He is our hope. We must pursue him with everything we have. We will press on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. You're so good to us, God. You made us your own. You called us sons and daughters. You forgive us of our sins. You don't hold them against us. You say that you forget them. That you put our sins as far as the east is from the west. That you loved us so much to pursue us, to send your son to die for us. And so, Father, we press on. God, I pray this week as we go throughout our week, I pray this year as we go throughout 2022, 
that we'll have grace with one another and we'll have mercy on ourselves, Father. We're gonna forget what lies behind. We're gonna press forward to what lies ahead because it's all about you. You saved us. You're sanctifying us. You will glorify us. And we're not gonna keep records of wrongs. We're gonna wake up actively straining forward in this journey of our sanctification, arm in arm with one another. Lord, I pray this week and this year, when we see each other struggling, that we go and encourage one another, that we pick each other up, that we say, press on, press on, focus on Christ, look at what lies ahead. The upward calling of Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that's the type of people that we will be, the men and women that you've called us to. Let us have joy, God. Nothing in this world can rob us of what you've given us. Nothing in this world can snatch us from your grasp. Let's actively participate in this journey of sanctification where we're being made more and more like Christ. All to your glory. And yet you said you will glorify us. Father, we love you. We are so thankful for you. We praise you. Break our hearts for you, God. Give us supernatural joy. Take away the anxieties from this world, the things of this world that don't matter. I pray that you'll give us heavenly, eternal perspectives as we run this race. 